Welcome in to Patriot Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Will Dundon, Nick Trushel, Seth Coggin. We're all in here. It's hot. And I, I think take a deep say, breath, boys. Yeah, take a deep <laughs> breath, everyone. If you've been a listener of this podcast for really any amount of time, uh, you know what uh, what we may all be feeling tonight as we uh, recap the draft and we are we're gonna dive straight in to our team our uh the three of us our hometown team the Tennessee Titans we we've decided to give ourselves a clock for the listeners uh for for y'all to not get to uh if, if you're a fan of other teams we will talk about them as well but we are gonna kick off the first about 30 minutes of this show talking about the Titans draft and I think I'm I'll just start and we'll kind of break down picks uh, by round and then pass it off to the next guy. He'll give his his two cents and then pass it off to the next. But before I get into the depression that ensued on Friday night, I guess it was, uh, I'm just going to go round by round and kind of give my thoughts on the picks. So the Titans, we'll start off good. So Titans had the 11th pick. There were rumors about the Titans actually even trading up uh, early in the first round to maybe snag a, a C.J. Stroud if he was still there at three. Uh, that didn't happen, and it's probably probably kind of good it didn't happen, I guess. It could have been a waste, depending on if you're a Richardson guy or not, if that would have been the pick, because the Texans decided to take Stroud there at two. And also, shout-out to the Texans. We'll get into them later, but shout-out to the Texans, in my opinion, for kind of putting their balls on the table and getting two top picks, saying, hey, we got a new coach. Let's get our franchise quarterback. Let's get a top edge rusher right out right out the bat or right off the bat. Um, so I liked that move. But anyway, <clears throat> back to the Titans. Titans take Peter Skronsky at number 11, which I like. I'm okay with the offensive lineman. A lot of people wanted a skill position uh, in that first round. But honestly, Peter Skronsky, in my opinion, is one of the most NFL-ready day one starter offensive linemen I've seen in the draft uh, in the – in my recent memory anyway. I think he's going to come in, whether he plays guard or tackle, I think he's going to be a big piece to this offensive line that has really no depth when we looked at it. Uh, just It hasn't been, a, it really hasn't even been that great of an offensive line, even with Derrick Henry's success over the past few years. That's what's kind of been the anomaly of the Titans. We, we're the smash mouth running team without really that great of an offensive line. So, Definitely an area that the Titans needed to get better at. You you got rid of a guy like Nate Everybody. Davis that was that was well, yeah, everyone, but I think of even a guy like Nate Davis who was solid, kind of proved his worth. Like you got rid of him, so you didn't even have any average guys left almost. Uh NPF was had played the most games at uh, offensive line out of yeah. everybody left on the roster and he was a rookie last year and he was okay i mean he kind of got it together i thought like there were times he was not good for sure and then there yeah. were times he was pretty good so i'm hopeful for him yeah but but either way skronsky's there the knock on him is he's got short arms but i i would say to that that is even more of a testament to his skill and his craft of being an offensive lineman because of how quick and how effective he is so i like that and now here we go second round I told y'all before we got on, I had the house to myself this weekend. Madison, she went uh, 
to her mom's house over in Knoxville to see her sister. Her sister was going to prom, so Madison went to do some big sister stuff. So I'm laying down on the couch. I'm just going to, no, no big plans. I was thinking about going hunting in the morning maybe, but no big plans for Friday night. I was just going to sit down, watch the draft. You know, I'm a football guy. I truly enjoy watching the draft. It's a crossover event. You're yeah. a college football guy too. So exactly. Gives yeah. you both worlds. You get NFL and college at the same time. It's yeah. awesome. And I'm intrigued by, I love scouting guys. I love, you know, play, playing that role of, of pretend scout. What I, who I think is going to be a baller in the NFL. Who's, whose tape I care about, who has the intangibles versus who's proved themselves in college. And as I'm laying down, I see across my screen, you know, I see the Titans are picking. And there's a little, you know, you hear the dings. Everyone's talking about how the, oh, the Titans have traded up. And that's when I immediately, the definition of perked up, I sat up on my couch and immediately just thought, there's no way. And I hear Mel Kuyper say, oh, this sounds like a quarterback move. I'll, I'll remember that phrase for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, this is a quarterback move right here. And I just thought to myself, there's no way. And I see with the 33rd pick in the NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans select Will Levis, quarterback of Kentucky. And it was Michael Scott meme. No, God, please, no. <laughs> it was the rock, the long no, the scream. Like, it was it was all of that all in one. I could not believe it. And this is where we, we mentioned it as we started the podcast, but our listeners will know. This has turned into the one thing we we unify on a, on a good amount of opinions, but the one thing there is no question about if you listen to this podcast is that we are not fans of Will Levis. We are now. We might be now. We might be now. I mean, hey, and we'll get into I that. did see I did see the sheriff Peyton Manning talked very highly of Will Levis. Uh, he he had participated in Peyton's camp multiple times, so the sheriff is starting to turn him a little bit for me. But that's yeah, good Will, propaganda. I mean, that's good, really good propaganda for Will Levis to uh, mm-hmm. kind of succeed here in in Tennessee is getting Peyton's approval. Peyton. Well, and here's the thing: I thought to myself. I mean, obviously, I was super upset. We've talked about it. I just don't believe in Will Levis. He proved nothing to me at the college level. I checked his stats again just to make sure I wasn't missing something. He (laughs) never threw for over 230 yards against a conference opponent last year. His only games where he threw for 250 or more were against FCS-level opponents. I understand the uh, he's big. He can throw it far. And that's what, here's the problem I have when people bring up expert projections. And this is what I had. I had a friend say, hey man, experts projected him as a top five pick. I'm like, okay, that doesn't really mean anything. That to me, So did Malik Willis until two days before the draft. That means Mel Kuyper watched him do the old Jamarcus Russell. He threw a football from his knees at the 50 yard line and threw it all the way. Great. Like cool. That doesn't mean anything. I know plenty of college quarterbacks that can throw a ball super far. So I like Will Levis, man. Yeah. The (laughs) the issue I have here is I just I don't think any of us really thought this was a real possibility. So I tweeted earlier when I saw some projections about the Titans drafting. Some people tweeted out projections of the Titans drafting Will Levis in the first round. And I said, if this happens, I will not be watching the 2023 Titans. So I have I think you might have the clause there is like if they had drafted him at 11. That's a good point. So I'm kind of on the fence here on what I'm going to have to do 
I, I don't know but if I like, can just not watch the Titans. So I think I can play that card of we drafted him in the second round. So I did tweet out later. Like that him I at eleven. <laughs> like huh? I, I've thought about this. If we didn't like him at eleven to pick him at eleven, why? Like, why does everyone have such big faith and high hopes for him? I feel well, like if we I mean, really no thought else... he was going to be the franchise guy, he was going to be the guy. Okay, then you take him at eleven. Well, gotta, yeah, I, but you play the argument of if you if you played the strategy game knowing that no one else was going to draft a quarterback. And I did I did see that after the Bears drafted Darnell Wright at 10 and did not make a trade, the Titans felt like Levis was going to slip all the way to the second round. So I did actually see Mike Herndon talking about that with uh, Rand Carthen. I don't know if that's the well, case, if that's actually tr- true or rumors or not. But, hey, if that if they – Pull that scenario and and put roll roll the dice on the table and it hit, then hey, more power to the organization. But I don't know. Well, you know what? And I don't. I honestly, I guess I don't have as much to say about Will Levis as I thought, <laughs> because I'm at the point now where I, you know, I hope he proves me wrong. I just really don't yeah. think it's going to happen. And I, I hope- think the the problem too is, and we've talked about this a little bit. He's a very unlikable guy. With the kind of the stuff mayo, he does, the whole mayo in the coffee, the, the, mayo. the, the TikToks, the eating the banana with the peel on it. I mean, just kind of the he, cockiness. I hate guys who are cocky who aren't good. I love guys who are cocky who are good. But he might. What if he's great? Then I I'll, will say I will ride the Will Levis train. But is it, is it even? Uh, I just don't yeah, think well, it can he, happen. If he, like, that bring, if right he brings us to the Super Bowl, then. Yes. Yeah, I'll love Will yeah. Levis. I'll do anything for him. I but just I just don't think point. that's going to happen because he's Will Levis. I just don't think he's good at football. That's the yeah. problem. And I think, see, Will, I think that's your fairest argument in all of, and that's, that would, like, I personally just don't, th- like, in my own evaluation of the things that I watched, and I watched, you know, enough of. I watched a in, good amount of Will Levis in, yeah. in In real time, and I was just terribly unimpressed. <laughs> I mean, I but, watched him. I'm talking when he was at Penn State, and that's the thing I loved. Like, he lost the job to Sean Clifford. He couldn't yeah. win the job. And I watched him. He actually came in against Nebraska and played awful. That was one. It was like in COVID year, Nebraska hadn't even won a game yet. I think they were 0 and 5, and just took, it was a de- the Nebraska defense dominated that Penn State offense, <laughs> and they well, were so good. You saw Tennessee's defense last year turn into 2013 Alabama. Like I was in Knoxville, and I thought I was watching maybe the greatest Tennessee football team of all time. Now, granted, it was right <laughs> after the Alabama win, and they just took it to Kentucky. Will Levis didn't even throw for 100 yards. He threw some awful picks. He got sacked. Nothing there showed me that this guy is a high-level quarterback. Yeah. What a crazy – crazy world we live in to like people had full access to that game Hendon Hooker versus Will like they're playing on That's the same night on the same field this is like a and somehow you're gonna tell me this guy's better than this guy <laughs> like I think just, that's where it really hurts me is me to, to is go yeah sorry sorry to cut you off but th- I think that's where it really hurts me is there's a guy like Hendon Hooker who I know is at least good like I don't know if Hendon Hooker is gonna be a long-term NFL starter I don't know if Will Levis is either but to me, at least, Hendon Hooker proved to me something, and he's got a pretty good arm. He's he's more mobile, uh, in my opinion. He's connected and on a lot. He's the best deep passer in college football. Passes. Yeah, you talk about a big arm like Hendon Hooker can obviously throw the deep ball. So, and there were so many ways you could have gone about it. All the big, 
well, pretty the majority of big time receivers were still on the board if you wanted to go that route in the second round. Um, and that that kind of leads me into our third round pick. Because so did we have to trade back a few picks in the third round to move up in the second round? Yes. And where yes. do y'all know off the top of your head where we would have picked in the third round? We I'm just wondering picked, because I think guys, so it was well, we picked 81 and it was from the Lions through the Cardinals. So it was actually a trade that the Cardinals made to the Lions, then we made uh to us. I'm trying to see where we would have actually picked. Well, and here's why I say that because the third round was kind of the receiver round where you saw Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, and Tank Dell all go off the board before we got to pick in the third round. And I'm just wondering if we would have been able to pick up one of those guys in the third round had we not traded up in the second round. But that's not that's neither here nor there. That's kind of my argument, though, to where it could also bother me. But I don't know that for a fact if we would have had the chance to get one of those guys. Yeah. Um, that that is the it is the interesting thing about the draft is it it is such a fluid situation. Like you are you are making decisions very quickly because situations change, you know, overnight. You know, no one drafts Will Levis. The Titans obviously, you know, saw that they traded up to get there. Like they didn't just sit back and say, if he comes to us, we'll take him. Mm-hmm. But it was like, no, we've actively like we we would because I guess my end point on Lev to back to him real quick, then will you keep keep going? But like of their first two rounds, if they were gonna draft Will Levis and an offensive lineman, I am very glad that they drafted the <laughs> they drafted the high level top ten pick, you know, offensive lineman, tackle, future guard, whatever. Correct. Yeah, just stud like get this guy is a true, and then we target you know you target a guy up in the in the second round. That's fair. Yeah, I agree with that. At least they did that. If if you were gonna draft Levis, at least you got like a future anchor on the line in the same draft. Pretty yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, but you might miss out on a wide receiver. That's kind of like you might miss out on that third. Like yeah, they moved back and you know the run happened before they had enough. You know. Yeah, because and that's what on that guy. So someone mentioned it. It kind of is like a fantasy draft sometimes, where it's like once one, no one kind of drafts a receiver for a while, and then once someone drafts a receiver in your fantasy draft, then everyone starts picking them up because they're like, okay, shoot, I got to get a receiver because they're going to be off the board. Um, and that's where so getting into the third round pick, it's funny because now these receivers that I really the only kind of group of receivers besides the couple that went in the first round those three that I mentioned earlier were kind of the last of, Hey, these guys could be come in and be starters right away and be good and help the team. Instead of getting one of those guys, you're picking later and you pick Ty J Spears from Tulane, a running back who, I mean, I saw he can play. He's good. But the fact that he's torn the same ACL twice is where I was just like, what are we doing here? When running back is not the, the biggest need on the team right now for the Titans. I mean, I know I'm not even talking about Derrick Henry. Like I'm talking about, you know, you have Hilliard a snap- and Haskins are fine, right? You have you have Haskins as that guy you're kind of trying to make into a, another like solid running back, and you have a guy in Hilliard who Vrabel likes, and, and his, he's good. He's he a good a, yeah, stat he, back he like for what you want. The receiver, he was back. a leading receiver last year. Yeah, what you? <laughs> yeah, wow, he was. He's, he's well, and what, touchdown wise. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I know that's it's just funny to say that, but uh, I mean, and that's what I, I'm confused about because when you go with Ty J Spears, it's like, why? 
because you kind of already have what you're looking for there, in my opinion. I don't think Tajay Spears is going to come in and light the world on fire. So that pick, it, it confused me. And then I'll, the last couple are quick. The the fifth round tight end pick, that's fine. I didn't even, I said something. I think I was just in my emotions. I was like, what are we doing? And then Seth said, you know, we are pretty thin at tight end. And I go, okay, yeah, you're we right. We needed to replace Hooper. Yeah, so right. yeah true, all, but... all we have is Chig. So it's good to get another tight end pick in there. Um, I I like the sixth round Jalen Duncan. Uh, that's my I favorite think, pick of the draft. I think he's going to play. I I mean I think I think he, he will start. He's a four year starter. Will Levis is the only non four year starter that we drafted out of this draft. Whoa. That nice. was yeah. I was waiting to drop that stat because I saw yeah. it on Twitter two days ago. Nice. <laughs> um, and Jalen Duncan out of Maryland, dude, his he, can play. he was he was a guy that was graded to go top three rounds and then fell all the way to the sixth. Um, and Jalen Duncan and Will Levis, I was looking at the biggest like draft movers projected to where they were supposed to go and where they were picked value wise. And Will Levis and Jalen Duncan were like in the top five best value picks. Yeah, out of the whole draft, according to CBS or Bleacher Report, whoever I was reading that for. But, um, hey, I started watching some tape on the guy because I obviously didn't really know too much about him before we drafted him. He's a brute force out there. I, oh, like, yeah. That is a guy that I'm really excited um, to get in and I think could could come in and take Brun's skills job or somebody or uh, Raiden's or whoever is going to be the, the crappy offensive lineman that does start for us. I could see him pulling a Trey Smith and being that starting guard yeah. or starting tackle. Good pull, uh, that yeah. was a late round pick. So who knows? But yeah, yeah. That, that's the guy that I'm excited about. Yeah. What um a quick Titans roster. Ben Jones, is he um I think that's up in the time. air. What? I think it's up in well, the air still, right? Is he gonna retire? Like he might, I think. I don't well, know if that's he, official. He's not on a team. Like I feel like he and would have signed there, with somebody by now, right? Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too, is I don't think the, like, Lawan one-year, like, million-dollar deal is off the table. Hmm. I think he's kind of at a point where – because he said – he tweeted about the other day how a bunch of teams have called him. Yeah. I think – I think it comes down to – I think he wants to be in Nashville. And I think it's more of a – there's probably a number – where it's is it worth me playing football for another yeah, year? Yeah, because I was more about to so say, for like he can stay in Nashville with twenty million dollars right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like can he? Yeah, there's a number to where it's like is it worth my you know my health risk and all that stuff? Because I think he could take or leave just like the fact that it's football. I think it has more to do with just hey, I don't know. Like it might just be time for me to hang it up, but. If you pay me enough and I get to play on the Titans for Vrabel again for another year, I'll do it. So I'm not I'm not taking that off the table completely yet. Um the last the last pick we had round seven, Colton Dowell, kind of a Finally slap got in our the, receiver, baby. Yeah, kind of a slap in the <laughs> face, uh getting a receiver at the end. And here's Let's I go Skyhawks. I did a little research on this guy, and obviously he the, torched Tennessee. He did. He had a good game against Tennessee. Uh, he runs a four-four flat, and here's where it's impressive. So four-four, solid. You know, that's kind of just what you need nowadays at the receiver position. But guy has a forty-one and a half inch vertical, 
and put up 26 reps at 225, which I think would have been – Holy Brandy Moss. I think those two stats would have been first at the combine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Randy Moss can jump higher than 41, I think, though. he He's up there in terms of, like, all-time verticals. But And I'm not saying that guy's going to – coming and play receiver right away. I mean, our receivers suck, so maybe he will. He's, he's going to be a great blocking receiver. That guy's going to play special That guy's going to play special Welcome teams, to special though, for teams, sure. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is like seventh-round pick. You get a spe- good special teamer, solid. That's but, fun, yeah. Uh, the last thing, just kind of out of selfishness, I was hoping they would pick up in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round my guy Trey Palmer from Nebraska, who uh, – is good and I thought was a fourth round level pick. Ended up getting picked in the sixth round. That guy runs four three, uh, transfer from LSU, comes into Nebraska for one year, breaks the school receiving record, bounces, goes to the NFL. So he was a guy I was like, okay, this is a good, you know, mid to late round pick. Where and I seriously thought looking at our receiving core, he could play right away. Um, but that that's neither here nor there. That's just kind of a selfishness, uh, pick on my. On my end, being a Husker nah, and a Titan been, fan, that would have been nice. I like, I like his game. Where he, where did he go? Uh, Tampa Bay. Ooh. So who's t- who's gonna play quarterback for Tampa Bay? Derek. No wait, Derek Carr went to the Saints. Saints. Dude. We like that's him. they didn't draft a quarterback, did they? Because they were one of the teams that everybody said they were gonna draft. Uh, Hennon Hooker. Oh, dude, Baker. Like Baker's the there. <laughs> is he Baker's? Is he really? I just googled Tampa Bay QB and Baker is the first one that pops up, and Kyle Trask is the second one. I'm assuming that's right. Yeah. No, I think that really is it. I really do. I think. Yeah, Baker. People... Yeah. Well, so early uh, NFL draft 2024 predictions. Top headline: Bucks predicted to land quarterback Caleb Williams with first <laughs> overall pick. No faith in <laughs> Baker. <laughs> I mean, I've lost faith, all faith in Baker as well. After seeing that little exp- the the little Darnold Baker Mayfield experiment in Carolina, how that went. Um, Baker's shown me flashes at the Browns, and then he came he in for the that, Rams and won a game. Like that game he won with the Rams was that legendary. was awesome. That was epic that was all-timer. Awesome. He's that was an all-timer. Baker may be the next Fitzpatrick, just not just a little more douchier, you know. He'll yeah. just be – he's the the starter that for whatever team is tanking that year, basically. Yeah. God, and he'll win, he'll win you like six games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll have a couple of games that he throws four touchdowns and 350 yards, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. Then next game he throws three picks, no touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> they need to bring – they should have brought back Jameis. Like, you know what? Times weren't so bad. Just chuck it around and let's see, let's see what happens. Yeah. Because James on the Saints, yeah, he's still uh, still in New Orleans. So him versus Derek Carr. (laughs) Because Derek Derek Carr was in that draft too, right? Wasn't it Winston, Mariota, and Carr were all in that draft, or was he in the year after? I thought Carr was earlier. Oh no, no Carr, no Carr and Mariota. Yeah, they were in the same class, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that those three were kind of. That was like the argument who was going to be the best out of those three kind of mm-hmm. after year one. They thought the future was Mariota and Carr after like two years. Mm-hmm. They were lighting it up. Mariota, Mariota, some... Mariota his rookie year, I thought like Se- I, was I think his second as year. in could be. Yeah, it, or his first and second year, like I was as in as a man could be on a quarterback. How like, did it go so – it was 
it was pretty special there for a minute. And then it, it just, it went so south. <laughs> what really, what really happened? I think mine, the Titans kind of failed Mariota a little bit. Probably. Yeah. I, and I think it's just mental toughness. Yeah. That's true. It just wasn't the right mix of coaching and play. Like I don't know. They just never had the right full. But you're never going to get the perfect scenario. The great quarterbacks make it happen. Yeah, that's true. Good point. I'll I'll know, pass so it off like, to like, I'll pass it off to y'all because I think we <laughs> we had a seven minute clock and we we kind of went off on a tangent a couple times but I, I want to hear y'all's thoughts too on the on the draft. Um, I mean, I, I've said most of what I wanted to say, but I did want to give a couple of shout outs to Hendon Hooker landing uh, on the Detroit Lions in the third round. I think that is possibly the best case scenario for Hendon to to end up. He's got a little chip on his shoulder, having fallen probably about a round, round and a half uh, of where he was projected to go when it was getting close to it. Uh, That offense is loading back up, and that's going to be – Detroit is going to have a top five defense next year. I'm calling it right now. Um, And they've – Dan Campbell has really tooled that team to be defensive-minded, and then they've got some really young stars. Uh, They just created DeAndre Swift to the Eagles, obviously, but they made a lot of moves. They've gotten younger on both sides of the ball, so I think Hendon is going to be able to step in for golf. And uh, excited to see what Jalen Hyatt does for the Giants. That is going to be such a fun thing to see with the big DJ chucking bombs out to Jalen Hyatt as he's streaking down the sideline. Uh, Really excited for that. And did, uh, where did, did Tillman end up on the Rams or where did Tillman go? I'm I'm blanking. I think the Browns, Uh, right? The Browns. Yep. That's with Dobbs. Um, So that's pretty exciting. They never played together. Did they? No. No, because Pruitt Pruitt recruited Tillman. That was the best thing he did for Tennessee football. And he got Hendon there, dude. He did, didn't he? Did yeah, he? that was yeah. Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker were both because they committed to Pruitt before he was fired, and then they stuck uh, around. No, nah, wait, Joe. I Milton. swear to God, Joe Milton would have been after Heupel. It was Heupel recruited and and Hooker. I'm I'm like ninety nine. We gotta look, sure. we gotta look at that. Ninety nine percent sure because people on Twitter are always like. Well, at least Pruitt was able to do this. I gotta find that. I'll look it up. You keep y'all keep going. Um. So hey, maybe uh, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I'm pretty dang sure that uh, Pruitt did actually bring in Hendon. Um. But I'm excited for that, and then also, um, I'm interested to see. And I was a big Anthony Richardson guy, but I think the AFC South with Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson could end up being in five years, the best, best division in football, the best quarterback by far division in football. We'll see how Will Levis ends up there or Malik Willis. I'm not quite out on him yet. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. Iron sharpens iron, baby. Yeah. Uh, Seth, and I'll let you talk a little bit about this, but I, I will say like all this competition, uh, it came out that Will Levis is starting as of right now at QB3, but every single quarterback, QB1, 2, and 3, will get equal opportunity and reps to earn the starting position. Uh, so it is completely up to to these gentlemen who want to go out, put everything they got on the field to, to go earn it. So Tannehill right now is in that slot, but Malik Willis or Levis could be in that slot by day one. Tannehill could be cut. We would save $17.8 million. So that is not off the table yet. Uh, Seth, what do you think about 
the crazy prediction. Not well, not even prediction, but crazy scenario where Malik Willis is the starter uh, for Tennessee. Let me think on that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That really – that is uh, maybe a fault of mine that it's hard to even consider Malik Willis as your – if if no injuries or nothing else, if Malik Willis is your starting quarterback, I would be just astounded. But <laughs> I think if that happens, if Malik Willis goes head v. head and beats out Ryan Tannehill for the starting job on an NFL team, like seriously, no injuries. We're not worried about cutting him or nothing like that. If he just – that would be the greatest – Straight time. up beat him. Um, he is – yeah, he he made the year two jump. Like, Malik Willis has only been in the league one year. You know, he's already won a game as an NFL quarterback. Like, that's something Zach Mettenberger never did. Zach Mettenberger, yeah. he never won a game as an NFL quarterback. <laughs> now, situations were a little the bit burn. different. But I think there's a legitimate possibility. I mean, I don't think they will do it because I think they – value having Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback this year. Um, but there is a legitimate possibility that he could get cut, uh, traded. I don't think – I mean, maybe a team like the Bucks, Like, would they rather trade for a Ryan Tannehill versus have – you know what I'm saying? Like, he'd probably be a marked – He's expiring for, contract too. Yeah, just one year of like they don't really have QB direction. Why not get him – I don't know. There may be a team desperate for a quarterback that you get a good trade and you like, you know – but I think it does a disservice to – I think drafting Will Levis means you you obviously have no – you'd have no mm -hmm. real confidence in Malik Willis. No. Like that, that It might be a hope that, yeah, maybe he still, you know, does take a huge leap. But – That was about the nail in the coffin. Yeah. You're, you're drafting a guy that if you shipped off – like if, if you did – I think that is the biggest <laughs> – the biggest signal is like now we're getting another at least like – quality quarterback on our roster because we are considering not having this, you know, starting guy be around. Um, they're already kind of phasing Tannehill out. I don't know when that is. It's either before this season. I doubt it. Or it is at the end of this season, or it's in the middle of this season when like you have a team like we're dude, Titans start. Oh, and 10. Like it's, we lost our last well, seven games. Levison, it's not, yeah. it's not unfeasible that we start out just bad. Okay. Three and three and ten, you know, not very. Well, three good. and seven, but it's less, yeah. kind of close to the middle of the year. Three and seven, yeah. And it's like, well, this other team kind of needs a. Their quarterback got hurt, you know. They need a quarterback to kind of finish the, you know, finish the year. We're we're done with Tannehill at the end of this year. Yeah, just we trade him off mid year for a couple of draft picks. And or he just, you know, is quarterback this year. Win, lose, draw. That's his last year. We don't really we you know end his contract and then we move forward um but however that is we are phasing him out uh, by drafting will levis by putting another high high investment draft capital into a quarterback we are saying we are reinvesting that position which you know we didn't draft a quarterback for a few years because we you know believe you know you believe in a quarterback um but we're obviously just trying to advance and I think that that's kind of what kind of the point I made about the first and second rounds, the high level round, like that's your high, high talent rounds. And you find great draft picks throughout. There's a lot of really, really good football players who played at all sorts of different colleges who will contribute in the NFL. But the first two ish rounds are your true high, high ceiling star, star making, you know, draft rounds. 
Um, you invest one of those high capital picks in an offensive lineman first. So that is just beneficial to whoever steps behind center, whether it is Ryan Tannehill, whether it is Levis, whether it is uh, Malik Willis, whether it is some unknown variable, like it's going to be better for that quarterback by getting a high level mm-hmm. offensive lineman. Well, um, we thought Isaiah Wilson was it was going to be beneficial to have him out true. there, and that's true. <laughs> that's that's a negative to have him out there. So, See, even that draft pick, Skronk, Skronk, uh, uh, he's going to be the new Gronk, Skronk, or Skronk. That's just nasty. He's <laughs> destined to be a great O lineman, dude. His his grandfather played offensive line for the Packers. That's like playing offensive line for the Packers like fifty years ago is the penultimate. He is a that is football football player. His name name is Skaronsky and he plays like offensive tackle. He's uh destined for greatness as a Titan. And it made me so like I'm sitting here now several days removed. Like this was Thursday and Friday of the whole Will Levis situation. Um and you know we're several days removed now. I've hoped to have gained a little perspective on you know everything that's going on but I was just so relieved on Thursday when we when we did not draft Levis. I was just so relieved. I thought we had won. Like, I felt happier then than actual wins on some Sundays. Like, I was just like, yes, we avoided him being the face of our franchise. Because if you draft a guy at 11, he is, like, therefore the face of your franchise essentially for the next two to three years or until he flames out or is good. Um, You know, that's just what putting one of those high – see, that's just kind of the difference in a quarterback or O-lineman, like, your offensive lineman that gets drafted at 11 is just like another kind of part of the offense, but you draft a quarterback at 11 and it's like, all right, this is our guy. Like, and so I just thought we had avoided it. I was so, I was relieved pressure off my shoulders. I have been carrying the weight that Will Levis was terrible for so long, trying to just mocking the experts, mocking the, the, just like people that live in a con like, evaluation people that don't actually watch and use their used like I watched him against Tennessee as an objective somewhat fan dude I watched him against Vanderbilt that's what it comes down <laughs> yeah. to the man he lost got to Vanderbilt by at home <laughs> they even scored double digits that game like oh yeah like and that's he, what I, I mean, that's where I was I was so I, I thought we'd passed that and then I went I I, I don't even think I I fell asleep or was watching something else at the very end of the draft. I didn't even watch to the end, the very end. Um, you know, we get an O lineman, bore, you know, kind of like ho hum, like all right, cool, like I'm all right with an elite offensive lineman if if that's the move. Um, let's move forward. At least it wasn't Levis. That was like the whole message of the draft. I didn't really care. We could have drafted a linebacker at eleven, and I would have been like, well, you know, at least it isn't. At least it wasn't Levis. And I woke up on Friday and I just, I, I was dismayed to know that I would have to carry the fight and try to hold off Will Levis <laughs> even <laughs> another night. He's still on the board. And then, and then you hear the rumblings like, oh, the tight, ooh, the tight <laughs> exploring a trade up in the th- second round. It's like, shut up, dude. Y'all said that about the first round too. Like, at yeah, least. Yeah, he said we were going to get D hop in the, the third overall pick. At least we did not move up to pick number three to pick Will Levis. Like at, at least I will. That is the that is the best blessing I can give to this whole thing. Is at least we did not move up to draft Will Levis in the top. Like all right, we got he's our quarterback now. I'm I have to turn my support 
and you know, we got him at a bargain and now I'm totally, my narrative has shifted to Mark's it's a narrative against stoops in Kentucky that their program is just such garbage that they couldn't even win with the great Will Levis. Like I you guys were literally so bad that you, you had Will Levis and you guys couldn't even win the sec East. We've, we're winning Super Bowls with this guy, and you guys couldn't even win the East. I mean, that would be – God, that would be amazing. And, I mean, I was looking at Josh Allen's college stats, and they're worse than Will Levis's. Here's, they are. Here, it's Straight funny up. you say that. It's funny you say that. Here's where I, myself, Will Dundon, might be saving the Titans franchise. I was – heels dug in the dirt that Josh Allen would not be a good NFL quarterback after watching him throw five interceptions <laughs> three of them being pick sixes against my Mike Riley led Nebraska Cornhuskers I said this guy in the NFL there's no way so if Will Evans is good I'm taking full credit for jinx reverse yeah, jinxing him you've done it once why not do it again and yeah. it just happens to be the direct player comp yeah, exactly. Well, a lot of big people... arm, no, no, nothing to show for it in college, but big arm, tall dude. Yeah, I do like. Uh, I saw some more of his running highlights, and I do like. I do like him a little more than I thought. I want him to be just a bruiser. I want. Him I to mean, be like he's big like sunned some people, like hurdled over dudes, stiffed arm them into the ground. I will say he does have some cool hot running and highlights. And sure. the best. All right, this is gonna be this. This are we turning? Is it turning bad. right now? <laughs> I but think I'm we slowly talked ourselves. <laughs> the best part about Will Levis being like a running quarterback is like he's gonna take take a lot of hits. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna watch Will Levis get pounded for two years, laugh our right, asses off, right, and then Brave see him get shipped out back the door. Out there. All right, all right, you're running QB power to the left. <laughs> and we don't have a tight end over there for you, so you're gonna have to just fight through it. <laughs> Will Anderson comes off the edge and just blindsides Will Levis, and I'm like giddy as a Titans fan. I think that's a problem. <laughs> It's like I, I literally cannot lose. Either my quarterback is amazing, is the greatest quarterback, or I get to just watch him get just demolished every single And Sunday. talk about how right I was. Yeah. That is oh, true. Truly, I what did look tough. up. Sorry, go ahead, Seth. No, just on uh, to, to Levis's defense, like, what a tough situation to come into. Like, legitimately, like, a lot of the fan base is dismayed at even drafting you. Like, we are pissed off that you're even on our team. <laughs> Anyway, dude, uh, Trujillo, I did look up. So Hendon Hooker committed to Tennessee like a week and a half before Pruitt got fired. That's what I was saying. He set up everything. Like but he Joe, was Joe Milton, to... Joe Milton committed like a couple months after uh, okay. Hypo was I, hired. I, I knew it was at least Hendon. I knew that because people like Will Parker and Jack Hancock and those guys always love saying like, "Well, at least Jeremy Pruitt got us Hendon Hooker." Dude, I mean that is. Pretty surprising that not yeah, only did Hooker he commit, staying. but then Pruitt gets fired, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I mean, I love Tennessee." So, and he got an even upgraded offensive mind to work with. He actually been yeah, it worked like out, crazy. dude. If he still had Jeremy Pruitt, Hannon Hooker would be looking at drafted. grocery bagging jobs right now. Maybe that's what yeah, happened. He was drafted. like, "I just got to get to the SEC somehow, so I can." You know, be on a bigger. You know, people can watch. I got more film to go off of and play against some high level competition. Brew gets fired. Heupel comes in. He goes, "Oh shoot! Now we have a good coach. That's even better." 
<laughs> That's exactly how it went for him. Dude, speaking oh of, gosh. and we we can go back to the Titans or go back to draft talk, but speaking of transfer quarterbacks, I do have some big news on the Husker front that happened yeah. last week. Casey Thompson decides to enter the transfer portal as starting quarterback for the Huskers last year, who I really liked. I mean, guy can sling it around. Uh, had shoulder surgery in the offseason and hasn't practiced yet in the spring. And here's my thing. Some people are questioning whether he just didn't want to battle for the spot, all this. And in my opinion, because I guess, what was it? Right after the spring games were pretty much when you were allowed to enter the portal. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think it was more of a, hey, this is the way our offense is going. Jeff Sims, the Georgia Tech transfer that is at Nebraska now, who had a solid spring game. I think they sat him down and said, look, this is the way our offense is going. So he's going to have the advantage going into the fall, uh, especially after Jeff Sims, you know, practicing in the spring and playing well in the system so if i'm i i hold no ill will toward casey thompson because i think casey thompson's a really good power five level quarterback that can start at just about any school so and the guy wants to get to the league so i understand it and it's not his fault that another coach came in and wanted to run another system so i wish casey all the best but it is interesting because the two schools that immediately came up as in the rumor mill were florida and auburn who It'll be interesting to see if he makes one of those moves. He was in Alabama the other day. He put it on his Instagram story, so I have to assume he was visiting Auburn. Not both of those schools. You. Both of those schools to... don't have a good quarterback situation. Like he would start if he goes to one of those schools. So, Dude, and I'll uh, be kind of cheering him on unless he goes to Florida. I don't think I can really do that. But thinking of of QB kind of room situations, like Alabama is not settled at quarterback at all. Dude, I thought about that. And I said, dude, what if he just got to go to Alabama? <laughs> I'm serious. The well. quarterback room is kind of cooked. Like, I don't think they're not very happy with anybody that's in the current. They just got a, that Notre Dame transfer, and he's, I mean, he's he's not good. Mid, like, very, like, Casey Thompson. Alabama. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Casey Thompson at Bama kind of might fit. Like, that might, that might kind of work. That'd be kind of nice. I'm I'm kinda, honestly, and I, I would li- I would like to see him go to a school where he could win. I I would like to see him go and succeed somewhere. I mean, I I don't need him to win a national championship or anything, but for him to like get on a big stage and play after what he did for the Huskers, where he was, I mean, when he went down a couple games, the Huskers had no one to turn to. Like he, they, we weren't that good last year. We won four or five games, whatever it was. But without him, it was it would have been way worse. So I appreciate what he did. It's a good sign for new quarterback uh, from Georgia Tech that he's kind of come over. They wouldn't do that if they weren't pretty confident in this guy. Yeah, I think he's definitely more of a – I mean, the guy runs like a 4-3 or a 4-4. And Ken has a really – looks good throwing the ball, has a really quick release. Yeah, but man. as just kind of it goes with a lot of athletic quarterbacks, he's a little inaccurate. But, I mean, he looked good in the spring game. So, His we'll see. Uh, Sims? Yeah, Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims, yeah, he started. He's played a lot of football. Like he, mm-hmm. I don't know what. I know it's several. Like he's started a lot of football games. Yeah, yeah. Excited. Man, I can't I wait can't. to get into true college football. Uh, like think season. I've been so excited. I've been so. Ever since the spring games, I've just been excited for. And then the draft kind of comes around, and you see guys going on, and it just made. 
I don't know. You just see a lot of fo- co- football highlights on the draft. I think that's mm-hmm. what we really like. It's a it. ton it's of like, college football highlights. It is a ton. It is the conglomeration of the most college football highlights like ever. Because that's where every player is drafted from college. Like, like the NBA. There's no Euro leagues. Yeah. Well, yeah. there is. There will be like an Australian rugby player drafted yeah, like once every two years. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get a cool story on that. But but for the most part, it's like, and it's teams you know, like if you. I think that is why the draft has gotten so much more. It's gotten so much bigger. I feel like in more intrigue since, I mean, they've especially since that na- since the like Nashville draft. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The Nashville draft did kind of pop it off on it the was scene. Like, of like this is a, that's huge... what I'm saying. It kind of turned it into an event. That's a, the Nashville draft surprised me. Big it time. was crazy. Like, yeah. That's the biggest thing they've ever truly like sustained thing that they have. I mean, probably some of like the new year, like they probably have some big parties. No, not really though. Not like that. We're like that many people contained in that area on Broadway. Like, yeah, bring it back. I think they are. Yeah, dude. Nashville's about to be a darling in the NFL. When we get that new stadium, mm-hmm. they're going to use us in a, they're going to, that's what I'm afraid of. I guess as a Titans fan is they're the city's just going to use and abuse Nashville for it's like, entertainment hosting uh like oh you want to put all your super bowls here you want to put the you know all this kind of stuff it's not really benefiting the titans but it's benefiting the nfl and yeah and it's and it's desire to use nashville as an event space which is in turn in some ways good for nashville i i, I, I it's good for nashville full uh you know cost benefit analysis we're running here with the titans new stadium i think well and uh, since you're talking about the NFL organization as a whole, did you guys see what Roger Goodell uh, was talking about that there may not be a contract extension uh, as the commissioner of the NFL? He came out and said that. Really? Yeah. That he's only got, uh, I think it was one or two years left. And he said that uh, a a contract extension is not guaranteed and that uh, there has been no, he's just lobbying for more money. He's just saying, I don't know. We could see the end of the Goodell era. We could see. Who decides on that? It's got to be the NFL Players Association along with whoever is in charge of the The collective bargaining agreement. The owners. The owners. Yeah, it's like. Dude, it's it's all the owners. It's yeah, it, it definitely. They probably claim that there's some other people involved, but it's you follow the money and the owners have the money. So yeah. they're fun. Yeah, they're the ones bankrolling the league. Like, yeah, they 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 decide. They're the one pay- who cashes like Goodell's checks, like the owners. Yeah. So, and he's making a lot of cheddar. He's making a, y'all see how much he's making like nearly 60 mil a year. No, I Does didn't he know that. actually make 60. Yes. Yeah, With a Y. A money. You know, what's interesting is like, he's worth over $250 million. Oh my god. That's what I'm that's what I've been trying to I've been trying to say that for a while like his contract like his numbers recently came up, you know, around to like and it just blew my mind the fact that he was making 50 plus mil. He makes just, 64 million compared to Adam Silver who makes 10 million and Rob Manfred who makes 17 and a half. Dude, silver making ten million—that actually kind of sounds like chump change <laughs> when you're talking about the <laughs> NBA. Like, yeah, yeah, but ten, 10 million a year is still. Oh like no, insane. I know. But that's why yeah. I made the joke. Like, I will do it for a tenth. 
I will do it for one tenth of what Roger Goodell is doing. So I will do it for six million dollars a year. Yes, I will be commissioner. <laughs> You'll be the lowest paid the commissioner NFL. in all the sports. But that would be awesome to be a commissioner for six. Uh, six yeah, I would happily do dollars. it. I'll and do then it. I do. I probably. I'd burn it to the ground. I'd burn it to the ground. Just like it would be as shady as possible, under the table deals from the Titans. Mike Vrabel would be in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> the the Titans would somehow end up with like 17 draft picks. The Colts would have two. Remember when the penalties that I give up? When uh it was like David Stern stopped the Chris Paul to the Lakers yeah. trade because he said it would be unfair. Like the Texans want like some some awesome receiver, and they hear that Whoa, Commissioner Crucial's like, oh no, we can't do that. We can't <laughs> we can't allow that. Not in the AFC South. <laughs> This loaded uh, division. Was, yeah, come on. That wouldn't be fair. Oh, yeah. I would be a, as corrupt as it comes. In a position like that where I, I literally have, like, the ability to make the Titans amazing through my actions, yeah. what man isn't taking that uh, taking I that think, risk? Uh, I'd like to point to the Lakers versus Warriors series now mm. as, as pure proof and just absolute Grizz got uh, screwed. Absolute uh, evidence that there is a direct, uh, maybe not a direct play-by-play script, but there is a direct. Uh, they tell the refs. The greater league is trying to purvey, uh, and that's what, not illegal for them to do either. Yeah, they're it is not. A, they're, they're yeah, they, it is not illegal to fix games to try and put things in a certain light, put things in a certain way, push certain agendas. That is completely legal and allowed. So why wouldn't they do it? Yeah, it's the thing. You don't. LeBron versus Steph is so much bigger on a glo- like on a true global than Ja versus De'Aaron Fox. Like, which is so much more <laughs> terrible compared a, to you know, a ball enjoyer. Like, yeah, ja would be awesome. Fox is an epic matchup. But you hear LeBron Steph, and you're like, all right, that's world the casuals come out. I'll be yeah. watching. I can't lie, I'll be watching. Um, but it just, um, eh, you know, it's. It's back to the commissioner, back to the league. What's good, you know, it's just they they definitely have their hand pushing certain there are certain things that the commissioner's all seeing invisible hand is kind of uh it's kind of working on there behind the scenes. I would be curious to know what really is in the inner workings of these leagues. That would be that would be a curious kind of thing to find out. I'm curious now with LeBron making it to the next round. What what if what if he really does win six somehow? Like, what do the Jordan fans say? What if, if he if wins LeBron... his sixth with Bronny? That'd be in cool. Memphis. You can't yes, beat him. Join him, baby. That's what you do. If you're Memphis, you go get LeBron. You say, "All right, this is what we have yeah. to do." <laughs> like we 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 know who can beat us. What we have to do. We know what we need to win. Go out and make it happen. LeBron, Ja, and Bronny just all on the same team hooping. Yeah, that would be amazing. God, that would be Dude, awesome. Dude, I got to get me some of the Ja one sneakers. Yeah, his new sneakers. Um, Did they just finally get released? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Dylan Brooks uh, will be on that train as well to getting released. See ya. His contract's up, so he's gone. He's gone. He, you talk, he talked he talked himself out of it too 
Like he it's literally, like, if he hadn't, if he had just literally said nothing and not not been a lightning rod, and I think it would, they probably that was sign so him on dumb, a low deal. Like, but he has just been so so out there vocally. Just you don't do that to LeBron. You don't do that to LeBron James. Yeah, I don't care who you are, how old he is. In what scenario does that work out right for you? You're Dylan Brooks. At some <laughs> point, step into your own shoes. Like I like the narrative that you had, but at some point, even if you think you're great, like at some point you meet your peer. Like at some, you say, "Hey, man, LeBron's another great of the game. I'm excited to go." <laughs> like you don't just trash. Yeah, LeBron say he's old. James, you don't you don't trash the king. He came at like you in the first round of the playoffs. You tried to awaken the king. Yeah, it's like the the saying: "You shoot at the devil, you best not miss." And he missed, because like he Dylan missed the rim all night long. Because he's Dylan Brooks, because he's broke. Like that, like his he can't really talk trash because at the end of the day, what's he gonna do? Like he's not that. He's good gonna go at out there and shoot twenty five percent from three. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah, like did shoot higher than LeBron in the series. Yeah, but he didn't secure twenty rebounds and fifteen assists and like. No, he did not. And then you just duck the media all serious. It's fine for it, So too. lame, dude. Such a lame, lame move. Either double yeah, down really... or, or get out. Yeah. No, He's it's probably so... out. Even though I, I kind of like Dylan Brooks, but I, I did. But he, he, I mean, he turned it sour. Like he made the villain idea behind the Grizzlies too much of a reality. Almost. And, and Ja, I feel like, did a really good job of closing the season out, keeping things quiet, just, like, mm-hmm. not he did. making noise. Like, ja he, put he his just head didn't, down and just kind of uh... – Yeah, he just put his head down and didn't talk about anything, was very respectful in the media, didn't cause any more issues. And then Dylan Brooks just had to keep stirring the pot, just yep. stirring the pot, stirring the pot, stirring the pot. And at some point, you put too big of a target on your back, you're going to get shot. And uh, they t- – they, Took took the Grizzlies behind the shed and put them down. The forty piece uh, loss was bad. It was hard. an ugly, that was ugly, ugly, disgusting. That I was watched sad all for the way to there. I watched all the way until about four or five minutes into the fourth, and I mean, it was just like a pickaxe in my back over and over again. It's they a, were just it never. It was relentless. They just there was. It was just. Hard, yeah, hammer after hammer after hammer of just pain, just watching it slip away. Yeah, and they try and get up and throw a punch, whiff, and then get clocked right back down. Like it was just, it was gross. To Where see. they lost and, it, game four, even even with all the injuries, they were not they were not going to win the finals this year just because they without Stephen Adams and without Brandon Clark, they were not going to win. The it finals. was not going to happen, but they could have won this series still. I think. I think when they lost game four and we're down three, one when they, cause they re I mean, they're up two with seven seconds left. I mean, mm-hmm. that is why, I, Oh, that's that series was so hard for me. Cause I've spent my entire life loving LeBron. I have spent my, I, every single playoff series and he's ever been in, I wanted LeBron to win every, every single one. So, you know, I've had a pretty good run of winning, you know, won a lot of series um, besides, but they, cause he's never faced the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are my favorite team by far and away. I love the Grizzlies, but they've never they've never had to face each other, and so it was so obvious when the, the Grizzlies play LeBron that I'm 
so I've never been, you know, opponent of LeBron and it hurt. It was hard to be a hater of LeBron. Like, and then he puts the game tying, you know, miraculous, beautiful teardrop beautiful. And it was so, it sucked so bad. Cause any other time in my life, I would have been pumped by that shot and it hurt so deep. Like, cause you, you almost it was so clean too. It was kind of one of those times too. And then he turns around and makes that like, even though it was after the buzzer, he turns around and makes that like three quarter court shot. If like, that would have been lot, like, like Le- Le- LeBron is just still LeBron as to some extent, he doesn't have to take over all games of all series. You know, that's not his role on this team, but in the last couple minutes of a ball game in overtime, he can still be LeBron. And you just, know like, who's getting the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it hurt. But that was kind of when they lost the, cause then you're, if you're tied two two, you go home, you're at least getting to yeah. seven. Or at least if you win game five, you're at least getting to seven. So, And then you got a chance at home. The Grizzlies, uh, yeah, one more chance. I mean, games, it was right there to, like, win the series is if you won. If you had won game six, another two days. Dude, the Lakers are old. Like, they are banged up. Like, Anthony Davis is never healthy. He went so hard in game six. Like, there's no way he could have. Even at the beginning of the game, they're like, the Lakers are going to really sell out to win game six. Like, Anthony Davis is not coming out tonight. It's like, well, if you lose doing that, and then in a one day turnaround, you got to go play in mm-hmm. Memphis with this team that is full of twenty-two and twenty-three year olds that is young and will run all over you in, you know, in their building. Um, but true great ones are kind of different. And shout out to Steph Curry with just an insane performance in Game Seven on the road at the Kings. Um, I would like to remind everyone that this is Round One of the playoffs, like. He was also, you know, in game seven versus the Kings. Um, but on the road, game seven, 50 burger, just very, uh, very impressive. Even, if, I mean, well, on a lot of shots, but you need someone to take those 38. shots. The, only 38, though. 38 to 50. Yeah. Not too bad. Oh, th- no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. pretty good. Because <laughs> he obviously hit a lot of threes. And did y'all, but you pretty um, much. If a guy takes 38 shots, you live and die by his performance. And mm-hmm. he performed amazing. Like, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like he took such right. a percentage of their shots. But when he's when you're Steph Curry, when you're making them. Yeah, that's a good proposition because, you know, um, so really cool to see. And it and it is really fun. We talked about the agenda narrative, all that kind of like uh, it is fun to see LeBron and Steph face off in the playoffs. And they're both healthy. You know, they're both going into it healthy and playing well and just coming off, you know, still being leaders of their teams. Um, and, and we won't get to see that very much more. Like it'd be unlikely probably for them to face up even one more time in the playoffs, just realistically, um, because you only see it so often. Uh, and anyway, so just kind of going to be fun to enjoy that series. And I mean, the West is still loaded. I think the West is. We're good in the West. Yeah. Quoting John Morant in the middle of the season. Yeah. Well, the, he's still, you know, <laughs> we're always going to be in the West. So that's a, that, that statement lasts in perpetuity. That is true. Next year. Yeah. We're still good in the West. Yeah. We lost this year, but we good. We'll make some <laughs> offseason improvements. We'll put a few, put a roster together, get the boys healthy and, and make some noise. See what happens. I like it. Um, did y'all see kind of speaking a, a little bit further about Steph there? Um, how he, did, he was so mad about the game six performance. He didn't sleep um, and was up texting Draymond at 4.30 a.m. Uh, got the entire team 
and there's no video of this or anything exactly what happened, but Steph had a players only meeting and Draymond said it was the greatest speech he has ever heard of in his entire life. Oh no. Um, Warriors going to win. I'm placing a Warriors future right if, now. Well, and people were talking nah, about it's too if early. Steph, if, if the Warriors somehow make a run and pull this off, is Steph starting to enter the goat conversation? If he, if he will this, if he did that kind of thing, like he has consistent 40 plus point nights on the way to them actually winning. If they win another title with him going crazy, like Steph, then yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine to have that. Uh, he's a I, that's what I was saying. I mean, I think you got to put him in that stratosphere of top five players of all time. At it's that like point. when you make, you make the uh, LeBron versus Jordan simulator and it's like, 45 times uh it says lebron 45 times it says jordan so then there's Five 10 spots steph. left like yeah. three three times it says like kobe and then the other times it says steph that's funny yeah, yeah i do I love kobe um, but i think he no, that's not, that's yeah. the thing there's all it's it's just because there's always a kobe there's guy. always yeah a kobe guy or a wilt guy just because of his like insane stats i think where you go and th- i hesitate well, no, I don't really hesitate. I think where Steph will never quite reach true GOAT level is because of the all-around. Like, he will kind of be known as the revolutionary who, like, took three-point shooting. You know, he was the greatest shooter of all time. Great, Like, you know, revolutionized the game of basketball. Like, a true uh, guy who pushed the game in a different direction to to – in in some sense um but like he couldn't like you're gonna look at lebron's highlight reel dunk like all of lebron's greatest dunks of all time be like yeah that's pretty effective in basketball too like being able to absolutely throw down hammerous dunks like and uh, shoot you know lebron can he can shoot too lebron when he was on miami we forgot there was one year where he shot 40 percent from three yeah he's a threat to like yeah he's a he's not the greatest three point shooter of all time, like Steph Curry, but he is a threat from the three point shooting line. Like he is, I just think at the end of the day, you like, that is where Steph just does it. Like even defensively, like he's not, he LeBron can guard all five positions. Uh, Steph is really a bit limited, even though he does some things very well defensively. He's not quite of the caliber of a LeBron or a Jordan. Even like, I would say they just have a yeah. few more. Well, Jordan has the deep point. Yeah. LeBron kind of got robbed. Unfortunately, it was, I'd honestly say, by Marcus Saul, but hey, we can get in that argument later. Yeah. But I don't think they will do that. I don't think the Warriors are that good at the moment. I don't know. They just took out the, what was it, the number? Uh... I don't know, man. I watched how the Sun, I watched how the Kings played the fourth quarter of game seven at home, and it was I pretty mean, bad. Man, it was not. Well, it's the same thing as the Grizzlies, just team. A, a young team not being able to close out in those big moments is what it kind of ha- has felt like for the Grizzlies. And I think that the Kings are suffering from those similar problems. But yeah, we'll, uh, tough we'll, to, it's we'll tough go. to beat Steph and Draymond and them have won like 22 playoff series. The Kings organization hasn't been to the playoffs, but several times in the last 20 years. Like there literally is a different level of expectation of the two. It is a, they, they, 
they the Kings have great players. They play great team basketball. You can say the same thing about the Grizzlies. I mean, they are in somewhat similar positions with, you know, they are young, upcoming, filled with talented player teams. But in the playoffs, when you have LeBron James and you have Steph Curry, those they still are better team leaders, like to get their to will their team to win in a seven game series. Like some and and at times they put it all on their backs. Like they just you know I don't know. It's just it's hard to it's hard to recreate that kind of winning playoff experience. Like LeBron and Steph have won so many playoff games. They know what it the takes. Last fifteen yeah. years of our life, like LeBron and Steph have won just so many playoff games. Um, and the Kings are playing in their first seven playoff games since two thousand four. It's just a it's crazy different standard. For sure, uh, it, it it does suck just knowing that uh, basketball has ended. Titans have drafted like the Grizzlies lost. The Titans drafted Will Levis. Like my world was just crumbling around me as, uh, as I could see it. But I know I felt you, you have to you have to take it with the the, the glass half full look. Hey man, ball baseball's hot. Yeah, yeah that is true. Left. Very very true. There's there's more sports left. So. Uh, Vol Baseball, the next Ole Miss baseball, gets hot at the end of the season, wins the World Series. I'm calling it now. They've won seven in a row. I like the Hogs' chances, too. The Hogs will be hosting at least a regional, um, you know, exciting time in college baseball world. I'd be down to talk a little college b-ball and talk a little hardball. A little hardball? As we go forward, as we we get down to When we get uh, When we get shump on. Uh, we can talk a little college baseball, take a Absolutely. real deep dive into it. Um, because SEC we're not going to have a ton loaded, of football or basketball. SEC is always Every so year. good at baseball. Anybody, like a good team in the SEC has a chance. You've seen it the last two years. Not even the best team in the SEC. Any, like a good team in the SEC has a chance to yeah. win a national championship. You just got to get hot at the right time. But that's kind of the case of almost anybody in there. But several, you know, some of those teams just don't quite have their depth. Of, don't have I mean, the just, talent to in depth. To, look at all the look at all the. I mean, you have LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Vandy that have all won national. South Carolina that have all won national championships. Arkansas, Florida. who's been to tons of, who's been to Omaha yeah, plenty Florida. of times. Tennessee, who I mean, you can call them the new kids on the block, but it's been a couple years now to where it's like they're a they're a contender to go to Omaha now every year. So. It's just so loaded. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, Kentucky's good. Like yeah. everyone, yeah, everyone's good. good. It was like Georgia and like I think there. I can't remember. We were looking at it a couple of weeks ago, but there was only out of the how many teams are in the SEC? Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, there was. I think it was eleven were ranked in SEC baseball. Yeah, eleven. And like the teams that were unranked were Georgia, Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State might even be ranked now. Uh, and, no, Mississippi and, State is not ranked now. They're Mississippi not. State Ole Miss are they pretty bad? Mississippi State just fired their pitching coach today. If we really want to get in there. really, and then Ole, Ole Miss is in last place in the West, I believe. Yeah, they're both just really bad. So there was, was only just swept Mississippi State. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with some huge wins, some walk offs too. Hawks. Yeah, and they had one that was like the Aggies. Hogs I will did. say, yeah, it was a just a brutal Friday of sports with, yeah, the Grizzlies uh, season was ending. Uh, the Titans drafted Will Levis. Those all kind of converged around the same time. It was kind of sad as a, as a, 
those kind of happen, but you know, the Hogs baseball, Vols baseball with both big SEC mm-hmm. uh, series sweeps, you know, it's getting Hoover time. I'd like to go to Hoover. That'd be pretty sweet. It's not a bad I've idea. Like to, uh, I've always wanted to go well, with my dad down there to Hoover. That would actually be, that would be a fun trip to do. Yeah. You might have just talked me it, into so. it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right, that's true. Right. Hey, we hit the SEC Will, the yes man, baseball. comes through. Hit the uh hit the hit the SC tournament in basketball, hit the SC tournament in baseball, you know. Just do an SEC tournament uh yeah. like Pretty fun. tour. Get to, see, get to see all the teams, you know, at once. It's kind of fun. It is cool. Yeah, the, the college tournaments are so so awesome. If you go down and you go you go to Hoover, you're more than likely gonna see the national champion at some point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So, you know, something to think about. You get to witness history and greatness. Yeah, right in front of your, your own eyes. two eyes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like All right, guys. Well, I think I think that about wraps it up. Hope you hope you guys enjoyed listening to our sorrows, our joys, mainly sorrows tonight. But choose joy. He's our quarterback now. Might as well be great. Hey, without sorrow, we wouldn't know joy. We march on. We'll see what happens. We're excited to keep talking about it. I mean, we have plenty to talk about now that Will Levis is on the Titans. This podcast is about to thrive uh, for many football seasons to come. Maybe. At least for a couple, anyway. But, yeah, so, Trujillo hinted at it. I think we might have uh, Rocky Top Insiders, mm-hmm. Ryan Shumpert, on the show next week. So, yeah, we probably will get to talk a little SEC baseball, if that's what you're into, which might as well be because we're at that time of the year where college baseball is really heating up, getting fun. We're nearing... Conference it tournaments, a, regionals, super regionals, and Omaha will be here before you know it. This is a super big lull in sports the calendar um, besides the NBA playoffs. So, like, you know, the there's no days. football talk really. Like, spring practice is even over. The draft is over. Um, you know, that football is a, a ways from summer practice um, if, if you're kind of in the football world. Uh, and so the NFL, it, it's a lull for kind of football. Um, so college baseball is the perfect thing. I'm just plugging college baseball, uh, plug it in the, the calendar, several games a week, you know, uh, exciting stuff. Watch the future. I like college baseball way more than major league at this point, to be honest. I do. Like, I mean, I watch more college baseball. I watch more college baseball than I do MLB for sure. Uh, Especially thing, now that it's so accessible, like they have all the games on ESPN Plus, or you know the conference networks are playing all the games now. It used to be it'd be hard to watch a college baseball game, but yeah, no, it's, that is very true. The exposure to college baseball has been massive. That you can watch anything on the SEC is great because yeah, just ESPN, you can just watch watch every game. Um, before we go here, I'd like to uh, I'd like to compliment uh, our friend Nick Trucial here on his nice hat mm. that he's wearing. That um, looks like a uh, a nice work. Yeah, we got a hat there with a with. A, we got a nice little logo right here. Um, a big shout out to Big Ben's Bagels, uh, a company which I am a minority owner of uh, and have started working on the this past year or so. Uh, and you can tell by the name we make bagels. So I have been a bagel guy, and we are kind of talking uh, a little handshake deal, something going on here with some cross promotion. Uh, so some of you little Nashville fans. Yeah, some of you Nashville Farmers Market and Richland Park Farmers Market fans that are listening to this pod, uh, get excited because you're going to be saying uh, some pay dirt 
information down uh, at your local bagel spot and then maybe some uh, bagel info here on the pod. So just patered on loop on the, it's on the speakers. We're just getting our we could. Up. Yeah, Hey, Teresa, she... tell them, let's tell the Nashville listeners where they can go get the bagels. Go ahead. Yeah. And so you can get these bagels uh, online. If you just Google big Ben's bagels, big Ben's bagels.com. You can actually, if you live in East Nashville, we will deliver straight to your front doorstep. Uh, there's a couple of different coffee shops, Pony Express down in Nolansville, Founding Frothers out in Clarksville, and then Moonshot Coffee out in West Nashville, where our bagels are available to be bought. And then every week at the Richland Park Farmers Market from 9 to 12, um, and then Saturdays from 9, or excuse me, 8 to 3 p.m. at the Nashville Farmers Market starting May 20th. Uh, so here in a couple of days, we'll be at the Nashville Farmers Market. So yeah, if you're in Nashville, You'll have plenty of opportunities to either order online. You can order online for pickup at these places. You can just show up. Um, and we even, we've even shipped to California. We shipped to Florida. We shipped to New York. So if you're across the country looking for some bagels, we'll uh, vac seal them, make sure they're nice and tight in there and uh, be able to get you some fresh bagels uh, where, wherever you want. So make sure to go to bigbensbagels.com. You can also catch us on Instagram at bigbensbagels. Uh, and TikTok, I believe, at Big Ben's Bagels. So, uh, if you're if you're looking for some any of you foodies out there that are also football fans or sports fans, go get uh, your foodie fix at Big Ben's Bagels. Do y'all do um? Y'all do a sausage Schmears? egg and cheese. We do. We do a uh, we do a sausage egg and cheese and a bacon egg and cheese on an everything bagel. Uh, you can get those. I, me and Ben make those fresh personally every morning Saturday. Uh, so they'll be ready to go hot for the market. You can get a fresh one that's toasted, oh, got real cheese, oh, people, real eggs, people. bacon, you gotta, sausage. You got to go see Big Ben's. Yeah, you, you got to. And uh, we have cold brew. Uh, we often have chocolate chip scones. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we, we've we done grilled cheese bagels with tomato soup. You never there. There could be a specialty item there. We we're we're always testing out different things. Uh, and, and trying out new things. So just because uh, maybe not bagel isn't your number one, come get some coffee. Come get a scone. There's plenty of options out there for you. Heck yeah. Big Ben's Bagel is the official bagel of Patriot Sports. We'll, we'll be plugging that. Of Patriot Sports. You'll be, listeners, you'll be hearing a lot about Big Ben's Bagels as we continue this podcast. But yeah, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, look forward. We will be releasing a pod next week because it looks like we got, as I said, Rocky Top Insiders, Ryan Schumper coming on to talk a little baseball. So be looking for that episode next week. Remember, this has been part of Six Pack Coverage Network. Find them at sixpackcoverage.com and on Instagram and Twitter at sixpackcoverage. Follow us on Twitter at paydirt underscore sports and on Instagram at paydirt sports. Guys, thanks again for listening, and we will see y'all next week. Screw you, Radio GA.